We all want some level of professional success in our lives, but achieving success at work is a very difficult and ambiguous goal. Here to bring some clarity to this goal is Carolina Hayes. Carolina is an HR leader turned leadership and success coach. She helps people and organizations define success, unlock potential and reach goals, whether that's growing a business, supporting senior leaders, collaborating more effectively, or unlocking your team's success. Welcome, Carolina, to the Coffee with a Recruiter podcast. Okay, perfect. Hello, Carolina, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. Thank you for asking, and thank you for taking the time for this podcast episode. I've seen some of your work on LinkedIn and on your personal website, talking about leadership and success, and especially sort of in this start of the year, right? In start of 2022, a lot of people are thinking about, okay, what should I accomplish? And a lot of people in their mind is success in, in their leadership roles or progressing into leadership or or just defining success in general are things that they're thinking about. So I think the timing couldn't have been better. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be um, talking to you about that topic. It's very close to my heart and I'm super passionate about it. So um, yes, beginning of year is always always the time where um, everyone's thinking, okay, what's next? What am I going to accomplish? So it's an amazing time to use that energy and actually put a bit of a plan in place. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, before going into, into some of the topics around leadership and success and managing people that I wanted to go into, can you maybe start by giving us some quick intro to yourself and, and what you do? Sure, I'd love to. So I'm, I'm Carolina Hayes, and I'm a leadership and success coach. Um, I guess probably wondering, what does that mean? Well, it means I work with both uh, people, so individuals and companies. And uh, really, my focus is around helping them define success. Well, what does that mean for them? Uh, and then unlock that potential, because once we're clear, clear on what we want to achieve, it's a lot easier to plan and spot opportunities. So it's um, it's all around that. Uh, my um, my niche and uh, area that I'm really passionate about is specifically leadership development. Uh, so I often find myself uh, working with leaders who are you know, either starting to, to think about what does that leadership journey look like for me or stepping into, into bigger uh, leadership roles and really supporting them on, on that journey, helping them figure out um, how to approach it in, a, in an authentic way. Because I think um, that's what distinguishes great leaders um, is the fact that they do things authentically. Um, so, so helping to figure out um, how, how does that look like. Um, I also work with uh, businesses in the context of supporting them at, with unlocking that team potential. And what I mean by that is, is around increasing collaboration. It's helping teams figure out how to work effectively together um, because the results are then multiplied. Um, so um, a, a little bit of everything uh, in, in the business context. Um, I run my, um, my own leadership uh, coaching business as well. Um, that's about to turn one year old next month, which is very exciting. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess not that we need to dwell on this in a, a lot, but I, I also see you had a previous sort of life, a previous career in, in, in HR roughly, right? I did, yes. So um, I studied HR. I uh, collected all the all the various qualifications, including CIPD and so on. Um, and for the longest period of time, I thought that's my version of success. And 
I've progressed through various roles, uh, worked with um, different companies in different contexts, which has been great, but um, there was always something missing for me. And um, uh, around five years ago, I discovered coaching and finally found the thing that I love doing that really doesn't feel like work for me. Um, so I've, I've worked towards developing um, my skills and my experience in that. Um, and then earlier this year, decided to go full time and take do, do the scary thing um, and try out my version of success and see how that works. And um, I'm glad to say I haven't looked back since. Absolutely. From looking at your work on online and on your website, there's a couple of things that stood out and there's definitely the leadership development component. And you mentioned the unlocking team potential component, but there's also that individual success, defining success component. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that's maybe a third pillar, correct? Yes. Yes. I think understanding your success and what just that mean for you um, really means that you can be effective in in your job um, you can be happy in your life it's it's something that answers the big why question why are you doing what you're doing and once you're clear on that uh, things tend to fall into place um, and um, I find from my own personal experience you then start to really enjoy the journey too yeah that kind of answers one of the first questions I had I mean so just wanted to maybe probe a little deeper so why why even i mean why even define success right because there's a lot of people or a lot of different opinions around this like oh you know if you define success you're setting yourself up for disappointment or you're setting up goals that are unachievable and and that that might cause some tension later on uh, or just people that prefer to 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 just you know live in the moment right or live Live, live life one day at a time, whatever it is, like, why would it be important to, to, to start with defining success? What are we trying to, to achieve almost? Yes, totally agree. But well, if you, if you don't define the destination, how do you know how to get there? That, that would be my question. Um, I think defining success and why it's important is so that you can figure out where you want to be, what makes you happy, and um, why is that important? Uh, so it doesn't have to be, you know, creating a five, 10 year plan with all the details and then um, and then following it to the letter. It's, it's not about that, but it's understanding um, what matters and what does that success feel like um, to you personally? Um, because then you can make choices. Um, you can make informed choices, live in with with intention. Um, and I think it's around making those right choices for you that really helps you get towards whatever that version of success is. So if we're talking about um, success in a, in a maybe corporate traditional sense, it's progressing um, into leadership roles. Uh, you might have loads of opportunities along the way um, that seem like great options for you. But actually, if you know you're progressing in um, that leadership sense that's where you want to be then you might say yes to certain opportunities and no to others because actually in the end it's about what brings you closer to what's important to you um, and again that notion I, I love the notion of a journey it's it's a journey it's not just about the end goal because that might change a little bit over the, over the time but it's noticing what's important why it's important and making sure that you have you have those touch points throughout um, throughout that journey um, so that you're actually, in simple terms, enjoying what you're doing. And just a question around 
just defining success. So uh, before asking you how to define success, what are some of the, um, I suppose, necessary maybe examples that you've seen that, that have worked for people when defining success? And, or is it maybe just, and I think this might sound a little bit cliche, but some people like the most popular ones sometimes are things like, oh, buy a house, or let's say, well, this might be a common one, but get to progress in my leadership role, get get sort of good reviews from my manager. It can be also things like get a raise at work or anything along those lines if we stick to the professional sense. Or it can be personal, right? Like, oh, find a, find a partner, have kids, that sort of stuff. Sort of what, or maybe it's something different and I'm completely off, but what are some sort of common examples that, that you've seen with, with your clients and people in general, and maybe even some, some red flags, like what are things that you need to be mindful to maybe not target because they might not be exactly what, what people want? Yes, I think a really great question. There's, there's so many different versions of that and so many different focus areas like you, like you just mentioned. Um, and I think that's, that's the part that I find fascinating. It, it's a little bit like a fingerprint. We all have a fingerprint, but it's all completely unique to us. And um, I think that's the, the examples that you mentioned are the, the ones that often come up. And you know, I work often with, with, with that business leadership context. So it's often around um, how do I progress? How do I get to lead a big department? How do I become a CEO? How do I run my own business? Um, and that's all great. Um, but that, to me, is is almost surface level of success. So it will be the the outcome that you're looking for. But why is that outcome important um, would be my question. And I, I think that's where the value of actually stopping and looking at what success means to you is, is really important because it's, well, why why is it important to um, to say, be able to buy a house? Well, it could be that, um, that gives you pride and joy. It could be that you actually want a big family and you're able to, to be able to say, I can support them and they've got somewhere to live and I'm proud of that achievement. That's slightly different version than just saying, I want to have a house. Um, there's so many reasons behind it. Similar thing with, with leadership. Uh, I want to progress. Um, I want to get a promotion. Well, that's great, but why is that important and what kind of progression is important and when you start having those conversations with leaders it it might be that well I want to be recognized in my field I want to um, be recognized say as that tech expert well then progressing in a leadership role with big management um, you know responsibility might not be the right thing to you for you because it might take you away from your passion of being that tech expert so are there other ways of being able to progress maybe as an individual contributor where you can really shine and really enjoy what you're doing uh, without having to say to say no to things? Um, and, you know, on the, on the flip side, it could be that um, we have a leader that wants to progress into leadership role because they love working with people. Their strength is around um, building relationships and helping other people grow. Um, Again, then that, that's a really clear reason why they want to progress and um, and it will help them make the right choices. So, you know, they're probably looking for roles in companies that have a, a great collaborative and growth cultures 
that have the time and dedication to to grow their people um, and that are perhaps not maybe as focused as you know strict um, delivery of um, of goals or metrics or KPIs because that might again get in the way of them being able to do the things that they love to do on day-to-day basis. Yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm hearing maybe a couple of things with mainly two things, two benefits is that by defining success more clearly, you on the one hand become more effective at achieving those objectives that you're setting up because you're being more precise, more defined. But on the other hand, you're also being clear on maybe what to avoid, right? Maybe just realizing that, oh, what that picture you have in your mind might actually not be what you truly want. But if you dig a layer deeper into your objectives, you might actually find what it is you're looking for. And uh, would that maybe be a good good summary to, to in, in those two points? Yes, totally. I think you, you completely, uh, completely brilliantly summarized it. It is, it is, I think it is just exactly that. Yeah, I think definitely that last one, I would say, is maybe one of the most overlooked parts of, of defining success and, and coming back to maybe the leadership part, becoming a leader, right? Because at least from my experience, from speaking to a lot of hiring managers or people that are leads in, in their companies, in their professions, some people just realize that very quickly leadership isn't exactly what they wanted or what they quite enjoy. And a lot of times they choose to move back to an individual contributor role. And part of it is because they realize that, oh, this lead role, it involves tons of meetings, tons of FaceTime, dealing with people's emotions, dealing with a lot of things that if you're an individual contributor, you you wouldn't really be dealing with that you weren't necessarily prepared of or attracted to, right? Yes, exactly. And, and that, again, goes back to, well, you're not enjoying the journey then. It's great that you might still be working towards what you think success is isn't in terms of that progression, but do you actually enjoy what you're doing? Does it let you use your strength to the best of your um you know, your potential? Probably not. Um, So it's every time, I think we often forget that every time we say yes to something, we also have to say no to something else. Um, So once we're clear on what's important, we can then make those informed choices on day-to-day basis. Um, And um, that, that benefits us and benefits everyone around us. And moving into how to, how to define success then, how do you define what success looks like for you? Is it as simple as, oh, look, just take take a couple of minutes, write it down, and, and that's it? Or is there something maybe deeper that people can do to define success so they can be more targeted, more effective at what they want and removing sort of the mistakes along the way from choosing things that we actually don't want? Yes, I think I think it's a it's very much not a you know one time exercise um, that you can do. It's something that you need to really think about and ask some relatively I guess simple questions, but hard to answer. They're simple but not easy. Um, when we actually look at the definition of success, it's it's defined as the accomplishment of an aim and or purpose. Uh, sounds simple, right? Um, but what, what is that aim? What is that purpose? That's that's the question that we really need to uh, focus on for ourselves. 
Um, and I've been very much on that um, on that journey for for a while before I realized what it is. Um, just to, I guess, share as as I as we mentioned, you know, I was in HR before, and um, I never felt not successful, which I've been very fortunate about being able to say I've progressed, I got promotions, I uh, secured bigger roles, I had the opportunity to manage teams. Um, and everything on paper was going really well. Um, and it was almost to the point where um, my friends and family uh, looked at me in an odd way of, why are you still not happy? You're progressing, you're doing great. You are successful and you're, you're building your career. Surely um, you should be happy, uh, but, but I wasn't. And um, thinking about what's missing um, and you know, trying a different roles in different contexts and realizing that there's still something missing for me, um, made me have to take a harsh look at myself and realize that the only other common denominator in that situation is me. Um, so what is it about this role that doesn't work for me? Um, and actually being uncomfortable and being quite um, honest with yourself is scary, but that's when, that's when things come up. So I really believe in the power of our unconscious brain when you let it speak things things come up um and for me it was the realization well actually I love coaching and for the longest period of time I tried to almost fight and make sure that I do as much of it in my people partnering role which I think always benefited the companies that I've worked with but let's face it the other day-to-day -day things needed to be done so I took the plunge to step across and actually focus more I uh what I love doing um, taking that you know harsh look at yourself and then changing your actions um, it is what delivers transformation and results um, it's not comfortable it's scary but I think that's what you have to do if you know what what the version of success you're living towards is not matching something for you um, I think it's you know it's it, it's a case of what would I, I guess, recommend to people whilst trying to figure out what their success is, is really notice on day to day, what do you enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing? Um, look at the role you're in and the, you know, the trajectory of your, of your career that you're, you've got in your head in terms of where you want to be. Um, does that fit? Does it get you, give you an opportunity to to do what you love, to really monopolize on your strengths? Or are you saying um, are you saying no to some of the things you love doing and you have to compromise? And of course, there's always a bit of compromise, um, but what's important on the day-to-day? -day? Because again, it's it's great to think for, for me, it was it was always this pride and joy, or one day I'm going to be a HR director, I'm going to have a big team. Um, and I'm going to do things that matter for, for, for the company that I'm working at. And that's still a brilliant version of success. I don't discount it. But the journey towards it wasn't doing it for me. So what is that journey? I can still have a great impact by being a coach for someone else and supporting a company through that. Um, and it has the additional benefits of me loving what I do. Um, and actually being able to use, um, use my strengths better. I'm better with people rather than, you know, dealing with the, the operational day-to-day. -day. It's something I didn't enjoy. And I'm sure there are people that are much better at it than me. Um, so it's, it's asking those, those tough questions. 
um, and it's giving yourself time to figure it out and not being scared to try different things. Not all of them might work out, um, but there's a learning from, from everything. So really seeing it as, a, as an opportunity, as a discovery and seeing where it takes you. It's so interesting that you mentioned your journey through HR into coaching because I've met so many people and candidates or just people close to me, like close friends or family, and they kind of express the same thing, this quiet, almost, I would describe it as almost quiet unhappiness, where on the surface level, they seem to be doing fine career-wise, they got a great role, a decent salary, and you would think, oh, professionally, this person's got it sorted, right? They got it under control. But then when you have deep conversations with them, you realize, oh, actually, they're unhappy or unsatisfied or unfulfilled in, in their roles. And and they quietly almost just accept it. But, but it's good that if they decide to really take steps, I mean, ultimately, we want to be as happy as we can be, right? Not just be the minimal amount of happiness in our lives. So... So if they just take that plunge, that step, it it certainly brings them a lot of happiness. But definitely it's it's tough also because a lot of moves, a lot of changes in career or or moves into a different direction might mean sacrificing what you currently have, right? Which is maybe that great role that almost um, maybe even a salary cut or a salary dip or anything along those lines or going to a company that is maybe a startup and the future is slightly less certain. A lot of times there's sacrifices to be made also, right? Yes, totally. It is, it is that compromise. It is that, that sacrifice. But then equally on the, on the flip side, you can, um, it, it goes back, I guess, to that right choice for you. Um, you can stay in the role and be, you know, be earning good money, progressing, but if that doesn't make you happy, then you're saying um, no to, to doing something that you're really passionate about. So there is always that, I guess, opportunity cost. Um, and you just have to decide what's, what's right for you. What, what I would caution is that it's very easy to explain to ourselves that it's never a good time. Because no, no, nothing's ever a good time when we're stepping <laughs> out of um, a comfort zone and doing something scary or um, you know making a big decision um, and I, I felt crazy for for saying I'm going to leave my um, good paying stable job to go and run my own business um, but actually it's from those big decisions um, that, um, that that change happens and I remember my one of my biggest um, discoveries I guess along the way as I was working my notice uh, was I, I expected people to think oh my gosh she's crazy uh, she's doing this but the amount of support that I got was was overwhelming it was people coming up to me and saying that's amazing that you're doing this um we're we're so impressed we we thought about doing something like that but we were too scared um so actually it's it's around that perception we sometimes uh, think what will people think and this isn't this isn't what's expected, you know, in society. Maybe we're, we're uh, getting to an age where we need to start thinking, we want to start thinking about having a family, having stability. Is, is now a good time to shake the foundations? Well, I think so, yes, because great things can, can come up. It's uh, Imagine, we, we often take the approach, imagine what can go wrong, but um, we very rarely Im imagine 
what can go right and how amazing that can be. Yeah, I think I remember reading in um, in a book long ago that explained that the rates of people that are self-employed are increasing. And mainly that's because of things like the satisfaction at work, the satisfaction at working for for someone else or toxic workplaces or um yeah, I suppose maybe economic uncertainty, just just fluctuations in employment. If you're even if you're in, even if you're in a what seems to be a stable company, I mean, look at what happened over the last two years, right? I mean, with the pandemic and everything, things can change pretty quickly. But um, and now I think it's more the case of if you're self-employed or aiming to be self-employed, it's a bit more respected. It's a bit more admired, even I would say. So so slightly off topic, but just wanted to to mention that uh, now yes. when it yeah when it comes to so let's the, let's talk about um making sure people sort of achieve their objectives right because i can't remember where i read this but uh you always see those articles in new years where they describe how most new year's resolutions often sort of fail by february or something along those lines right so so let's say I define today, oh, this is going to be my future, my success. I'll, let's stick to the leadership dimension, right? Oh, let's, I want to become this, this maybe recruitment lead or anything along those lines because of X, Y, and Z, you know, deeper, meaningful reasons. How do I make sure that by February, March, April, and so forth, I actually stick to that and as opposed to just falling off the wagon almost if, if, that's, if that's one way of putting it? Yes, I think there's um, there's a, a real importance, and that's what we uh, we often as coaches support people with is that that part of accountability. So you know, you said you want something, and it's important to you. What are you going to do on day to day basis or week to week basis to make this happen? Because it's let's face it, big things don't happen overnight, and you need to put in quite a lot of work into um, into making sure that they succeed. So it's that accountability piece and you know you can do that through um, having someone like a coach that supports you on that journey um, or building um, what I think often in business world people started calling a tribe so you know people that are like-minded um, that maybe are going through similar journey or people that inspire you um, that can help you in those tough times because it, it things do get hard you know a day-to-day -day job might get busy um, but it's important to a be clear. Um, so you know, by the sense of it, we've, we've established why we're doing this, not just you know we're going to progress to to becoming that tech lead, but we we know why that's important to us. Um, we then plan towards it, and I'm not a fan of very strict you know goals and very strict plan um, because we then attach ourselves to the plan and often forget the bigger picture. But I think there are important touch points um, that need to be put in place. So say if we're working towards becoming that recruitment um, tech lead, we, we look at, OK, what does that role look like? Um, where am I now? Uh, what is the gap? What do I need to do to be able to you know, either get that promotion or apply for that role somewhere else? What, uh, what are they looking for? Um, what is it that I need to do? And maybe it's. Um, you know, maybe it's around managing people. Uh, never done that before. What can I do um, to, to get that exposure? 
Perhaps there's an intern joining the team. Can I offer to mentor them? Uh, can I offer to, uh, you know, say yes to projects that will help to show that I'm capable of managing people or I'm capable of leading on bigger on bigger projects, say in the recruitment space, that will show my leadership ability that is expected at that next level. Um, and once we're clear about that, and, and uh, you know, I'd always encourage you to speak to uh, to your manager to make it clear this is this is what I'm working towards. Help me find those opportunities, and then again saying yes to those opportunities and not letting our um, brains kind of jeopardize it on the way. So it could be you know well how can I say yes to this extra project when I um, you know have so many different roles to recruit at I'm already busy. Uh, well actually that's where your manager is, and how can you make sure that you don't overwhelm yourself, but you also don't pass out the opportunities that will get you that one step closer to, um, to your goal. Um, and I think what's, what's really important is, and what often happens um, with you know, January planning and new year planning is you have this great idea and uh, this energy, and then the day-to-day -day gets in because you make a great plan and you put it in in a drawer or you save it on your on your desktop and forget forever about it well put those touch points in place um, review it review it on a monthly basis um, make sure that you revisit the plan that you adjust the plan and you reflect so it's always fresh uh, in your mind and you don't forget about the bigger picture it's so true. I mean, I think one of the few things that I've read in the past is that you need to have those goals close to you, right? Like you need to make lists, you need to write them down, put them in front of you uh, to make sure that they're sticking to you, right? That they're top of mind with everything that you do. Um, but I suppose to, to, to summarize, I suppose in a nutshell, there's, there's this part of accountability that you mentioned where um, I suppose you need to make sure that you stick to the objectives that you define. And there's almost two ways of doing this, which is on the one hand, having a good network of, of support through your coach or, or tribe, as you mentioned, um, but also making sure that you're strategizing almost, right? That you're sort of thinking about the steps you need to take, not just, oh, okay, I got the support, so it'll figure itself out, but that you're strategizing around what the steps are that you need to take to, to reach those, those objectives, roughly. Yes, totally. And that, that puts power back in your seat. Um, it's, it's very, um, you know, empowering to think, well, I know where I want to be, and I've got ideas of how I need to make this happen. And then um, speaking to people in your network, in your tribe, to help you make this happen, because it's, it doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself. Um, you have to be clear on, on what you want and, and you know, have ideas and be the, the person in the driving seat. Uh, but you, you often have that support network. And if you don't, then you need to build it uh, to, to help yourself. But uh, it is very much about looking at the bigger picture and then fitting, fitting the missing pieces and spotting those gaps um, so that you can, um, you can fill them in. Uh, you can find those, those opportunities that you might pass otherwise because uh, you understand how they will get you that one step closer.
Absolutely. Now, shifting gears a tiny bit, let's let's maybe deep dive a little bit more into the the leadership aspect. Although this this ties maybe into the success part also, um, because I wanted to ask you about about first time leaders. I think especially especially maybe at that level is where correct me if I'm wrong, but where a lot of the initial challenges, doubts, uh, frustrations might might originate, right? Totally. It's uh, you know, becoming a, a leader, especially if we're talking about um, you know, a leader that's also a manager. It's a huge shift in responsibility in, in what you're doing. You're not just responsible um, for your own work, but actually a team. And um, the team is made up of individuals, often very different individuals. So, you know, the questions of how do you support them? How do you help them grow um, often comes up. Uh, and it's it's something that sadly isn't often it isn't supported as much um, by by a lot of companies. You step in, you you know quickly celebrate your progression or that new brilliant role and opportunity, and then you are often just expected to get on with it. Um, and what I what I want to reassure everyone is that. I don't think I've ever spoken to a leader that's gone through that without any doubts. Um, I think we've all been there and having um, you know, supported uh, new managers and new leaders through this progress, I can tell you then having um, actually sat in that seat for the first time, it was still, it was still scary. It was still overwhelming. Um, but it's, it, it's again about taking a moment to pause, um, looking at, okay, what are the resources that are available to me? And, Becoming a leader, for me, there, there's two fundamental things that you need to tackle. One is that operational piece. Um, so, you know, the very foundations of you're now a manager, you're expected to lead people. What does that mean in your company and in general? Um, so, you know, how do you make sure you know how to do one-to-ones, effective one-to-ones with people? How do you um, give feedback? Um, how do you um, onboard people? Um, and that's where the people, the HR team comes in and hopefully will support you through that. And there's a wealth of books and, you know, talks and training courses that you can um, help yourself uh, to really get up to speed on things. But then what's what's often forgotten, I feel, um, and but really important is that, I guess, softer leadership. Uh, so how are you going to become that authentic leader? How are you going to tackle, you know, that um, what's often called the imposter syndrome? So that that voice that tells you, oh, no, how am I? Uh, how am I here? They've probably made a mistake. I'm, um, you know, I'm going to be found out. Well, actually, no, you, you've you've managed to secure this role for a reason. Um, and that those doubts come in because it's new for you and you're still learning and that's OK. Uh, so what are you going to do about tackling that? And I think a lot of new managers that I work with and a lot of new leaders feel that they have to know it all and they have to keep a, some sort of you know, facade in front of their team because they're now the leader and they have high expectations. But actually, I think the most humane thing to do is to be open to saying, I don't know, sometimes. And that really builds you up as an authentic and true leader in, uh, in your team's eyes. So being able to, to do that being able to work with your team um, and 
not putting the pressure on yourself to know it all, but actually asking your team, how do they like to work? How do they like to receive feedback? What do they need from you? Uh, because every single one of those people in your team are the experts in what works for them. So why try to figure it out yourself when you can just ask them? Uh, so that that would be, I guess, my my main advice. It's it's around the, what what you can do to teach yourself on the operational aspects to make the day to day efficient, um, and so that you can start practicing it, and soon it becomes second nature. And then the second part is is really looking at you as a leader and authentically building those relationships with your team um, and. Just because you you are now perhaps managing people and sometimes managing people that were your peers, well, you're there to enable them. So if you take that approach, uh, more often than not, you will you will make the right decisions. And this this you kind of answered one of the follow up questions that I had. But what are let's say the most common blockers or challenges or let's say unexpected unexpected pitfalls that first-time leaders don't expect when they move into that leadership role. But uh, I'm not sure if maybe through speaking with clients or customers, rather, you've you've seen a pattern where a lot of first-time leaders say, oh, it's the inexperience that's been frustrating me, or, oh, it's that imposter syndrome, as you, as you mentioned, or, oh, I just don't know how to, it's my communication skills. Maybe it's self-awareness, you know, they have, they know they have an issue, but they don't know what exactly it is. So what would maybe be the most common frustrations you've you've noticed or 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 areas where people need support when it comes to first-time leadership i think it is it is very much that that imposter syndrome it's it comes in different forms and um some people realize that that's what's happening and and some uh maybe not so much at that point but it's it's that doubt um because it's it's often shifting context um especially the lose it using an example of you know, someone uh, progressing in tech, um, they could be, you know, experts in in tech. They could be, for example, brilliant programmers, but then suddenly they're expected now to lead people. It's a completely different skill set. And when we come from a position of knowing something quite comfortably to then doing something that's very new for us, it's only natural to feel my gosh, am I, am I able to do this? Am I good enough? Uh, without stopping and realizing, well, the context have shifted. And of course, I'm not going to be an expert straight away. Um, but people believe in me. And um, you know, I, I believe in myself to be able to um, learn um, and, and, and pick up that new skill set. Um, so that's something that, that often comes in. Um, I think there's, there's also around that piece of uh, relationships, uh, even people that are natural collaborators and that love working with people and have been leaders in a, in a different kind of sense without that day-to-day maybe management responsibility. There's a shift when you become a manager uh, because you need to inspire people. You need to take people on a journey, which is something that you know, we don't we don't learn until we get to that leadership position, but also, um, also around how do we 
how do we do some of the harder things in management? So how do we give feedback? How do we not shy away from giving constructive feedback because it's uncomfortable? Uh, because that often um, that often escalates and builds up um, rather than being able to, to you know, sort a challenge or support someone through growth um, before, before it becomes a problem. Uh, so these are some of the some of the big topics that um, pretty much always come up in in one form or another. Yeah, it's so interesting you mentioned how, um, or roughly you alluded to it, which is that a lot of leaders sometimes they get promoted because they're in good individual contributors, right? Let's say you're a sales executive and you you sold a lot this year, you reached your targets, so people think, oh, this person can manage people, but you know, being an individual, a good individual contributor doesn't necessarily set you up for good management, correct? Totally. Um, and it's it's also a, a, something that comes in uh, where our brains really try to help us feel better about the situation. So, you know, we're we're in that uh, in that situation where we're very comfortable with sales, but suddenly we need to do management. Um, and there's probably still a bit of that sales responsibility in our role. Um, it's easier to say yes to those things and then not really dive deep into the management side because naturally we'll go with things that are um, that are you know known to us that we feel comfortable with. And um, that doesn't help that learning and that journey. It's again about being comfortable with the uncomfortable feeling. Um, and and asking for help um, because there's often, like I said, there's that expectation that you just need to get on with it and an expectation that we place on ourselves. And actually, there is a network. There are people that can help us do that. We, we shouldn't have to figure this out by ourselves. Now, we, we touched on, on just before wrapping up, uh, Carlina, but we touched upon the individual side of leadership and how you help individuals in leadership roles, but I wanted to briefly touch on that. You mentioned also unlocking team potential, right? That team side of things where it's actually maybe not quite the leader, but it's actually maybe the team that needs support more broadly speaking and unlocking that team potential. Can you can you talk about that a bit and sort of what some of the common, similarly to, to individual leadership, what are some of the common struggles, challenges you've noticed when let's say going into a company helping i don't know if it's maybe an underperforming team or a team with culture issues and helping sort of fix what are those initial problems you you notice or challenges i think more often than not the challenge really seems down to communication issues uh so you know i've worked with with teams that uh had that challenge for various reasons so anything from now, we've grown really fast and we've had a lot of deliverables. So actually, we've never taken the time to properly get to know each other um, through to we've been working so long and the processes don't work. And we kind of all just do our own thing, but we don't work as a team effectively together. Um, so it's it, it, it's various contexts. And I think it's important to understand why the problem might have uh, might have become to such a scale. but. Um, it is, it is often around that communication and not having um, time together as a team. Um, I think it's, it's really important for the team to understand each other 
um, and a lot of um, a lot of the facilitation that I do with teams is around pausing and in fun way getting to know each other so anything from a variety of you know different working styles and personality tests that um, you can inject a bit of fun and a bit of entertainment into but really gives us insight into okay this person is very different to me I'm going to understand um, how they might cope under stress or pressure what they might do uh, so that I understand how to talk to them how to give them feedback how to support them and when to support them and I think that that then very much puts the foundations on what um, psychologists and coaches call psychological safety so that safety within the team that you can be yourself that um, you know you've got that support network and that you can be honest about having a bad day or not knowing how to do something because your team is your group, the, the people that will support you, not turn on you. Um, but to be able to, to do that effectively, um, the other part is where I guess the leader comes in. The leader needs to create that safe space and make sure that the team has enough time to, to explore that. Um, and then, of course, lead by example, by, by actually taking the time to get to know people and helping them celebrate their successes along the way as a team, uh, but equally around making sure that the team is clear on what are they actually trying to achieve. Are they all aligned? And or do we just set a you know a vision um, and goals at the beginning of the year and then we forget them? For the next six months or towards the end of the year that's when we review and we realize we actually haven't hit our targets well no as a leader you need to ensure that everyone's clear that again as, as we talked previously about you know how do you make sure that your your own success happens well it's, it's exactly the same with with team success uh we check in we make sure that we address any challenges as we go and we adjust our plan, but we remember what our plan is and why we're doing what we're doing. Because we could have a, a you know, a, a mixture of incredible individuals that are all working with each other and they genuinely like to spend time with each other. But if they don't understand what their role is and what the team is trying to achieve, then everyone's running in a different direction. Um, so it's 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 ensuring that everyone is pulling towards one goal, um, that the leader is there to support them, um, and that the team uses you know day to day and sometimes pitfalls and failures to actually become closer with each other and and learn from each other. So to I suppose just to put it simply or to summarize, first of all, improve you could improve the communication issues. Second of all, look at any sort of areas where leadership can improve by um, supporting or, as you mentioned, leading by example. And finally, there's that aspect of coming back to goal setting, right? Like almost defining success for the team, yes. at least. Yes, totally. Um, and building that momentum. Uh, so again, the success, what, what success? How will we know we reached it? Uh, but also, why is that important? Um, and how are we going to celebrate on the way? Yeah, it feels, I mean, it feels like we just came full circle with, with coming back to success and how to define that. So uh, just, that's maybe a good moment to, to um, 
to 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 wrap it up. Well, well, Carolina, thank you so much for for your time in discussing these topics around success and leadership. For more information about yourself, where can we go? Um, yes, thank you so much for, for having me. It's a, it's a topic that's obviously very close to my heart. Um, you can uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find uh, also my website, uh, which is carolinahayes.com, um, which provides all the information, but um, always happy to have a chat. So I'm one of those people that love to hear from others. Uh, so there's always an opportunity to drop me a message on LinkedIn or, or an email, and I'd love to um, jump on a call and um, and just have a chat. Perfect. And for the listeners, the links to Carolina's profile and website are in the episode description. Thank you so much, Carolina. Likewise. Thank you so much. It was great fun speaking with Carolina. You can find links to her profile in the episode description. If you like this episode, then please subscribe or follow. Thanks again and stay safe.